the leaders released a joint statement uh, demanding the UN Security Council adopt a decisive and binding resolution to halt Israel's attacks. They've also urged all countries to stop exporting arms to Israel. The Turkish president has pledged to continue efforts to establish a ceasefire in Gaza. Recep Tayyip Erdogan hailed uh, the progress made in Riyadh on Saturday. We have reaffirmed our support for the Palestinian people with the extraordinary OIC and Arab League summit that was held in the Saudi capital, Riyadh. We have taken important decisions on many issues, from recognizing the war crimes Israel is committing to delivering uninterrupted regular humanitarian aid to Gaza. To me, the most important part of the final declaration is designating Israel Israeli settlers as terrorists. We will be implementing that decision. We will continue efforts to establish a ceasefire and stop the massacre in Gaza. We will continue to tell the truth and stand up for human rights, no matter what. Sunni and Shia Muslim alignment? China's latest moves? And yep, Ukraine is still losing, folks. Welcome to More War Mondays. Here on the Rob Mana Show on the Red Voice Media Network, we're live, and we're live on X Spaces in our simulcast. Welcome to that live audience. Look forward to engaging with you. Well, this weekend, what happened? Emergency Arab Summit in Saudi Arabia, which included NATO member Turkey, whose president you just heard from there, Iran and Syria. Yeah, Syria's back in the Arab League now. Uh, they rejected Israel's assertion that it's acting in self-defense. They demanded the U.N. Security Council adopt, quote, a decisive and binding resolution, close quote, to halt Israel's, quote, aggression. They called for an end to weapon sales to Israel and dismissed any future political solution to the conflict that would keep Gaza separate from the West Bank. The propaganda war continues with its lies, folks, because the truth is, that Israel is defending itself from the atrocity attacks like what happened on October 7th, just a few weeks ago. Well, China continues its efforts to influence the Middle East and build its military strength while threatening Taiwan on the Pacific front, and the Eastern Europe front continues to fail for the West with the non-revelation of our involvement in the Nord Stream bombing. What did we say a year ago? and continued signs of Russia strengthening its forces and positions in the combat zone. Well, our guest today is uh, retired U.S. Navy Commander Randy Arrington. He's also a doctor of politics, uh, political science, Dr. Randy Arrington, and uh, a whole lot of other things, including author of several books, and he's got his new book in the making right now, uh, Dr. Arrington, welcome back to the Rob Mana Show. And what do you, what do you think of uh, President Erdogan's comments there? Well, first, I had just enough time, Colonel, to put my makeup on so I can look as good as Cat the Hammer. But I'm glad to be here as always. Um, well, let me stop you real quick. Let me stop you real quick because I want to mention this at the outset of the show, and that is that the families and the uh, service members who died in the Special Operations Forces helicopter. Uh, mishap last Friday or in our prayers. I just want to read off their names because we we say the names of enough bad guys on this show. Let's let's identify these guys. They were Chief Warrant Officer Three Stephen R. Dwyer, Chief Warrant Officer Second Shane M. Barnes, Staff Sergeant Tanner W. Crone, Staff Sergeant Andrew P. Southard, 
and Sergeant Cade M. Wolf. Ladies and gentlemen, keep them and those new Gold Star families in your prayers, folks. And uh, also, keep an eye on the news because it's not clear to me whether these uh, uh, great Americans who've given their last full measure of devotion to this country are going to be classified as having died uh, in an operational uh, incident that caused their helicopter to go down in the eastern Mediterranean. So they're in the hostile fire zone. Uh, or should be, and we need to make sure that the government uh, bean counters have their deaths recorded correctly, and it's important for their survivors to make sure that they get all the benefits they deserve. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you there, Doc. I just wanted to do that uh, and uh, get that out there and uh, let folks know that we love and pray for these folks and their families uh, every single day, uh, regardless of whether we agree with the politics of what's going on with this country or not. They are- Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you think of Erdogan? It seems a little. And by the way, that one, that the that one sergeant, du- the one sergeant Dwyer is the yep. nephew of my squadron mate, uh, Mike Spanky Dwyer. So I have a little connection there. But um, yeah. I- I've done a little study about Erdogan. In my humble opinion, President Erdogan uh, was just saber rattling, spewing, uh, dutifully spewing Muslim propaganda, which keeps him in good standing with the Islamic world. But I think in his heart, I believe he is smarter than that, Colonel. And he secretly wants to avoid getting his nation into a combat situation with the United States and Israel. Um, if Erdogan can become, how should I put this, the primary arbiter of peace in that region and come to a peaceful solution, uh, history will regard, will regard him as much better than if he becomes just another a Muslim warlord. You know, But you, you gotta look at what's going on there and what happened on October 7th. That was, was and is an existential threat to Israel. And I think one of your clips is going to talk about they want to have nothing in between the Jordan River and the, the, oh, the sea, the Mediterranean Sea, except all the Palestinians. And what does that leave the Jews? They got to go somewhere else or be exterminated. And, and yeah. you know, if you know anything about, if you know anything about uh, Muslims, that's what they want. They want to exterminate the Jews. They want to exterminate you and me as Christians. Oh, exactly right, Ben. Uh, you know, uh, on Erdogan, don't you think it's more than just hyperbole, though? You know, I mean, he's the—he's the—he's he, taken Turkey from being a secular country, which is how it was admitted to NATO, by the way. And and the NATO, the Turkish military members that I've served with uh, in NATO were very proud of that. And now he's—he's he's moved that country from a secular government to a theocratic government that's centered on Islam, like the Ottoman Empire. I think he wants to be the Ottoman Empire again. I mean, does, isn't our risk really high uh, with this kind of rhetoric and uh, really actions too? I mean, we shot down a Turkish drone over U.S. forces just a few weeks ago. We really don't know what the motives were behind that drone uh, overhead our forces that caused it to get shot down, but it had to be suspicious enough for us to fire on it and take it down. And, and and then you add that to the fact that how he's acting with the whole Ukraine and NATO and Russia deal, uh, and, uh, and, and is the largest military in the area. He's the largest, most modern uh, military leader in the area. Uh, and uh, I just think our risk is really high for him to be out there doing this kind of stuff. Well, first of all, I'd say the United Nations is the most useless organization on the planet. And I wouldn't have any stock in what they say or do. 
Uh, er Erdogan did take them from being a secular nation, and he's got now, I wouldn't call them a 21st century uh, military. They're very highly skilled, probably a 20th century military, and they are being courted actively by China and Russia uh, and the Middle Eastern countries that, that want to go to war uh, with anybody that opposes them in their mission to get rid of, of Israel, and that is the United States of America. You know, and I think we've, we've, we've got some other allies in this fight. I think Germany and France, uh, Australia and Great Britain are Belgium. They're on our side. If we ever went to world war, they would be on our side. But, you know, we're, we're patriots. We're, we're veterans, Colonel. We hate war. We don't want to go to war. We want to avoid war at all costs. But if you wage war against us, we will fight you to the death, just like a tiger fights to defend his territory. And I think Erdogan knows that, and he doesn't want to, you know, I think they'll lob some missiles uh, at uh, Israel like they've been doing, maybe more, but mm. Israel can defend itself. Israel's defended itself many times in the past, Colonel, you know that. Well, that's what, I, that's what I'm concerned about. That's why I think we're high risk, is that if Erdogan and, and Turkey, and I, I kind of disagree with you about their modern force because they're part of the NATO nuclear force. They're, they're going to get the F-35 eventually. Uh, more than likely if they stay in NATO uh, and uh, they're flying F-16s just like ours do as far from an air perspective. And they've gone away from the mostly conscript force that uh, uh, for the guys on the ground and to more to a professionalized military force. But one of the things that they're driving, I think, is this alignment between Sunni and Shia Muslims. Now, we've fought the Islamic supremacists, Islamo-Nazis, as I call them, and Mark Levin calls them, for many decades, uh, Doc, uh, you and I have. And, and we know basics that Sunni and Shia are like oil and water when it comes to that, those two sects of Islam. And for them to come, bring, be able to bring them together all at this big meeting in Riyadh the other day, uh, it, I mean, not just their representatives either, the actual leaders, you know, the Ayatollah was there, you know, uh, the King of Jordan was there, the President of Syria was there, President Erdogan of Turkey was there. Uh, and uh, to see this happening really is significant, isn't it? It is. And you got to look at the Muslim world. I think. Uh... 70, 85% of the Muslims are Sunni, uh, and 15% are Shia. The Shia guys uh, are descendants of Muhammad. One of his relatives took over back in 632, and the Sunni said, no, we want somebody qualified to take over. So that's how they split. So they are mortal enemies with each other. But the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so, um, you know, radical Muslims are medievalists. They are stuck in, in a brainwashing uh, primitive ideology from centuries ago, and they will not be reasoned with. They hate Jews and Christians with an irrational passion. How can I put this? Just like uh, with the Nazis and Japanese, loyal to their god Hitler and Hirohito, nothing short of um, absolute victory and, if necessary, total annihilation of their enemy will do for the radical Muslims. And Israel already knows this, Colonel, and so do we. Absolutely. I mean, all you have to do is look no further than the evidence, you know, cooking babies in ovens in front of their mothers oh. while they're raping their mothers, uh, beheading toddlers, shooting them in their cribs. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it, atrocity is not a strong enough word uh, for these savages that mm -hmm. did, you know. 
Well, let's go over to the live audience. And uh, Kat is uh, hosting over there for us. Kat, you got anybody with the mic that wants to ask a question to, to the good doctor or myself? Um, doesn't look like currently. Oh, I lied. Keith has a question. Here you go. Go, Keith. Yeah, I would like to ask if anybody could talk about the five uh, uh, oldest uh, mosques in the world. When they build a mosque, uh, as of today and in recent times, the Quibla is supposed to put, uh, point towards Mecca. But if you take a GPS and do a satellite over the five oldest mosques, they all cross in one place. And it's not Mecca. It's called Petra. So that completely blows uh, the, the Islam theory that Muhammad was raised in Medina right out of the water. But you don't hear nobody talking about that. Uh, I think wonder why. Uh, Keith, I think that's probably because most Westerners haven't got a clue when it comes to Islam or the Quran or the Tafia uh, and those kind of things. And uh, I don't know enough to know whether you're uh, you're uh, correct or not, to be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, you know, the modern Muslims do pray towards Mecca. Uh, uh, we do know that much. And the significance of that, I'm not sure of. But I will tell you this, the significance of all the writings of Muhammad and how he attacked and conquered all of the little towns and villages and made his, his uh, uh, territory grow like that, and the atrocities that he committed are all documented in the Quran. Uh, and the followers of this radical strain of virus-laden Islam, the Islamic supremacists or Nazis, follow those teachings. They not only follow them, they follow them to the letter. As a matter of fact, after 9-11, one of the things that I was responsible for was researching Muhammad's writings to see what the next moves might be, because we knew that about these uh, Islamic fundamentalists. Go ahead, Doc. Their next moves are actually happening right now, and uh, they've been infiltrating into Europe, France and, and uh, Italy and uh, England and now the United States for many, many years. Uh, we've had 8 million unvetted illegal aliens come across the border, and several of those are radical Muslims. And so what they do is they infiltrate into these countries, then they get into the politics, into the institutions, and they, they start to spread their radical ideology and get adherence from the local population, and then they eventually take over. You know, it only took 19 Muslims to bring down the World Trade Center, and we've got 8 million that have come across uh, the border since Joe Biden became president. So we're, we're, we are fighting, I've told you this before, I think we are fighting a two-front war. We're fighting uh, a Marxist revolutionary war against American Marxists, and we're fighting against radical Muslims. And it's been happening since we were in the military, Colonel. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the organization called CARE, C-A-I-R, uh, is uh, responsible for organizing and funding uh, with a funnel funds uh, from terrorist organizations. That's part of a court record from a few years ago uh, to politicians, to groups, and those kind of things. Well, let me do this ad read real quick, Doc. Stay right there. When we come back, we'll show a quick clip about those people in the streets of the Western democracies calling for genocide. <sighs> Listen up, folks. Bidenomics is not working. The U.S. dollar is losing value, and your hard-earned savings are at risk. 
You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833-2USA-GOLD. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show. We're live here on the Red Voice Media Network and live in our spaces simulcast with our live audience. And we've already had engagement from the audience and we're gonna continue that as we talk with our guest today. It's uh, Dr. Randy Arrington, a retired U.S. Navy uh, commander and attack pilot, I might add, author, college professor, uh, and a whole bunch of other things uh, that I haven't done yet that I'm gonna have to do before my ride here on this this old rock is finished uh, because uh, uh, he's very interesting. Well, let's look at this clip, Doc, about those people that you were talking about in the Western nations. Go ahead with clip two, Disco. Well, that clip showed demonstrators, both pro-Israeli demonstrators and uh, the pro-Hamas. I can't even hardly get that out of my mouth. It's disgusting. If you're supporting these savages, you're on the wrong <clears> side. You're on the wrong. You're on the side of evil. Uh, but uh, they got in a fight. Uh, 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 that particular clip, I believe, was outside of Paris or right inside of Paris, one of the two. Uh, and that's happening all around the world. It's happening in our country, as I mentioned in my opening. The uh, the White House was attacked uh, when the 300,000 uh, went into the streets uh, just a few days ago, uh, and uh, it just brings to mind where are all these people coming from and how are they getting there? Because it takes money to do all this stuff. You, people just don't show up on their own dime. No, they don't. Uh, you got people like George Soros and several other on the World Economic Forum that want to have a global, uh, global, you know, one globe world government. And to do that, they're willing to fight anybody and anything. And that's something that we can't uh, allow as free Americans. Now, you mentioned earlier about the uh, baking the little Israeli babies in the oven. When I first heard that, Colonel, I shook my head and said, no, that could not have happened. And that reminded me of a statement, a quote from Hannah Arendt uh, in The Origins of Totalitarianism. She said this, the more heinous the human behavior, the human behavior is, the easier it is for the rest of us to believe it never happened. I think to myself, why would somebody put a baby in an oven? Why would somebody put a Jew into an oven and burn them? I don't understand that because I think rationally, but these people are not thinking rationally. They are irrational. They've been brainwashed. I use the term mind raped. They've been mind raped to believe this crap that, that came from Muhammad and all of his adherents and followers uh, back in 632 AD and, and, and forward. And so we've had wars against them before. You know, we had uh, President Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, used to always say, speak softly, would carry a big stick. 
He actually acted on that. We have to have presidents that will actually do that and not just be rhetoric. Uh, there was something called the Paradacaris kidnapping, where he dispatched American warships to take care of that situation. And of course, Thomas Jefferson, when he was president, sent the U.S. Navy and the Marine, Marine Corps to fight the war against the uh, Barbary pirates. They were not ideological wars, but they were against essentially the same enemy, radical Islam. So throughout history, throughout human history, evil ideologies, again, have brainwashed people with propaganda, lying propaganda, giving them necessary, I should put this, giving them necessary cover to commit atrocities, to support atrocities, or to turn a blind eye. Yeah, yeah, Doc, you are. And the propaganda war uh, is a big piece of that, uh, and that's why I think the streets, one of the reasons the streets are filled with not just uh, immigrants from these countries that have been uh, allowed to come into Europe and the United States freely uh, uh, with almost no fettering whatsoever, no vetting uh, whatsoever, uh, and no criminal penalty when they do it illegally, uh, are being aided and abetted by, uh, by uh, America, in America's case, American liberals, uh, progressives, uh, Let's just call them what they are. They're cultural Marxists or neo-Marxists. They are conducting a march through our institutions, not just in America, but also in the Western governments in the European Union and those European countries that have allowed them to come in. Uh, and very few countries have protected themselves from this. As a matter of fact, there, there are masses of people in Spain right now for the last two days demonstrating on the streets that they're tired of this happening in their country and they want it stopped and they're going to kick the globalist Marxists out, is what these masses of people in Spain are doing. Uh, it's time for Americans to stand up uh, and do the same thing. Hit the streets. Stop being afraid, folks. I called for it the other day when I was on a space. It's time for America first Americans to get in the streets by the millions and come down on D.C. Not to burn it down like these leftists want to do, but to air our grievances as is our right, duty, and responsibility and make Congress answer them, which is their sole duty and responsibility when we air our grievances at them. And Congress has the power to stop this. They have the power to defund. They have the power uh, and have already passed laws that some of these students or naturalized people that lied on their oaths when within the last five years that became American citizens, within the last five years, if they lied on their oath and if they're supporting Hamas, they did lie on their oaths, they can be denaturalized and deported immediately. That's the way this stuff can be stopped, because we do have a fifth column in our Western countries now that we've allowed in on our own. But some people are saying Israel's losing the propaganda war, Doc. Uh, and I would say that the West is losing the propaganda war because our media is in bed with these savages. The people you know, over at the Islamic summit over the weekend are in bed with these savages and are supporting them, or they wouldn't be calling for a ceasefire, and they wouldn't be saying things like Israel doesn't have a, a right to defend itself. Well, excuse me, but they do have a right to defend themselves, uh, and we should make sure they have that right. We did it for Ukraine, and Ukraine's not even an ally of ours, at least at the beginning of this stuff that we're doing in Ukraine. Uh, at the very least, uh, people have a right to defend themselves from this kind of savagery 
And this savagery is just like the Nazi Germans and the Empire of Japan in World War II, and they deserve everything that they have coming to them within the law of armed conflict. You know, fear and uh, lying propaganda uh, is the satanic centerpiece to all of this. Uh, America will not, most Americans don't realize this yet, but they will soon. But it might take another 911 episode to wake us up again from our, our lethargy and our uh, sleeping blindness. And the Muslim sleeper cells are already here, Colonel. They're already in the United States. Uh, Churchill famously said, United States of America will do the right thing after trying all of the other options. So we are slow to do the right thing, but eventually we do come around and do what's, what's required of us uh, as United States of America and the leader of the free world. And again, if Reagan said this, if we go down, where are other people gonna turn? The world will be done. And then those knuckleheads in the World Economic Forum will have their, their wish of a global world uh, government, which you and I can't, we can't do that. I will that's never stand for Yeah, that's true, that's true, Doc. Uh, but when our government is out there uh, being uh, overcome by the propaganda from the Hamas Nazis, and those that support them, like Iran, the biggest supporter uh, of that uh, government is Iran. Uh, and our own president is calling for pauses and those kind of things, while at the same time, I don't know if you saw the clip yesterday, but Israeli soldiers at night took 300 gallons of fuel to the big hospital. Uh, it's on video. At night, they risked their lives, but then Hamas wouldn't let the hospital leadership take the fuel. That's the kind of criminals and savages that Israel's having to deal with. How can we let ourselves fall for that propaganda and find any way to be on the side of any group, a government like that, that is just as comparable to the Nazi Germans and the Empire of Japan in the 1930s and 40s that committed millions and millions of these types of atrocities? How could we even let one atrocity go by by a government like Hamas, which is the elected government of Gaza, without supporting the right of Israel to defend itself to the maximum extent it has to under the law of armed conflict in order to rid itself of this atrocious, atrocious enemy on its border. I think that these people that are uh, Hamas and all these radical Muslims are nothing but street folks. And street, street thugs won't try to mug someone if he looks big and nasty and is not afraid to fight back against them. They only do it when they have human shields to protect themselves, and they do it from across the way. When they get into a real fight, they break down and cause seen the, the videos of some of these radical Muslims when they become POWs. They cry like little babies, okay? So you gotta realize you have to, you have, like, like Teddy said, speak softly, hear a big stick. We may have to do that, and we have to start treating people that want to harm American citizens and destroy the United States of America, these American Marxists and the Muslims that are here. We're going to have to start treating them uh, with the brutal, callous nature that they only understand. And, you know, the Generation X and all these other young kids, they don't understand that. They've been brought up differently than you and I were when we were 10, 12, 13, 14. We understand what's going on. We've been in the military. We've got to fight yeah. them with every tool we have. We have to. Uh, well, Israel has to for sure. Uh, and when we're attacked, we need to go back 
harder than we were attacked, and we're not doing that right now. Let's go over to our Spaces audience. I see a, a lot of hands over there, Kat. Uh, who's next? Uh, AJ. AJ. Hello, can you guys hear me? Gotcha. Go ahead. Uh, all right, I'll be very quick and very brief. Uh, uh, what's going on in Turkey that nobody's talking about that's related to what Erdogan is doing is that uh, uh, the, the Turkish High Court, the, constitu the, the Constitutional Supreme Court of Turkey, whose sole responsibility is to uh, provide the—basically protect the Constitution and uh, deploy its laws, uh, has 15 sitting members. Now, Erdogan has been in power for 23 years or so and counting. Over this time, the judges have been changed, but 10 out of 15, two-thirds, literally, the two-thirds of the current sitting judges are direct appointees of Erdogan. Despite all this, there's a tiny bit of shred of judicial uh, honesty and due diligence is still remnant there, and he, as we speak, is trying to gut that so that it will bring the constitutional uh, court, which is Turkish Turkey's Supreme Court, under his control. All other courts, appellate, appeal, all of that, and regional courts are already lockstep step behind what Erdogan says to begin with. And the legislative Turkish body, the parliament, is so overrun with the overwhelming members of AKP, which is uh, the ruling party of Turkey, also, Erdogan is the leader of that. Uh, there is no legislation. Whatever he says, they already passed anyways. Yeah. So Turkey is uh, is heading down, uh, is is cr crashing uh, uh, as we speak with full-on afterburner. And regards to how all this ties to NATO, remember that I made this point earlier in the, in the past that uh, the Turkish military high brass that had NATO appointees have already been reshuffled and replaced with other members uh, of the Turkish military that are uh, that are uh, supporters hardline supporters of Erdogan and their allegiance to the Turkish Republic is through Erdogan not de facto yeah so that's with that I want to just uh, 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 cease and uh, thank you for all you guys are doing thank you Karen. well thank you AJ that, that Great input there, you know. Uh, I mean, that, that just like we were talking about, that Turkey is is on this path to theocracy, uh, an Islamist theocracy in some form or another. Uh, I personally think it's Erdogan's trying to take it back to the Ottoman style, uh, but uh, it could be something else. We're not sure about that. Uh, and uh, yeah, the coup, the so-called coup that happened a while back, uh, I'm pretty sure that's when he chose to start reshuffling that leadership that was. Uh, oriented towards NATO more than anything else. And now, as AJ pointed out, uh, it's oriented the other direction. Well, Doc, we got to take our next uh, commercial break. Uh, thank you, AJ, for coming in. And when we come back, we will uh, bring China in this, into this discussion as we continue our way around the world here on More War Mondays on The Rob Boehner Show. How in the world could such a small group of people with limited resources change world history? But in fact, that's happening, and it's the power of the truth. The truth is like kryptonite. Healthcare isn't, in some sense, working very well. Foster Colson is thinking about this. He's got a new company, an online healthcare platform called The Wellness Company. Telehealth company called The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company. TWC.health is The Wellness Company. The most popular product is the detoxification supplement. 
that features natokinase. Natokinase is the only enzyme that we're aware of right now that dissolves the spike protein. Spike protein is loaded in the body with the COVID-19 infection and definitely with the vaccines. We've been completely accurate on the spread of the virus, early treatment, on the deficiencies in hospital care, and now the deaths that are occurring after vaccination. This is a human outrage and is occurring at the end of a hypodermic needle. Isn't it interesting? Natural substances combating this man-made disaster. Just briefly add, I mean, it's my view that we are in the early stages of a new Cold War with China. What makes it different than the old Cold War is, one, we're thoroughly economically entangled with China, and I think our big lesson learned from the pandemic is that we can't be critically dependent on a hostile foreign adversary for the manufacturing of pharmaceuticals, basic uh, critical technology. And so there's a lot of people in Wall Street and Hollywood that need to wake up and realize that there are more important things than making a profit in China. Because in doing that, you're making a profit off slave labor. And if China wants a better relationship with the United States, we welcome it, but it's in their control. They can not threaten to invade Taiwan. They can not commit a genocide, which is the considered judgment of the Trump administration and the Biden administration, and they can stop going around the world coercing everyone that has the temerity to question their human rights abuses. I would say there's one final thing that gives me pause about this new Cold War and what's different than the old is that there doesn't seem to be a consensus here in the United States that we deserve to win. Because we have a crazy, woke ideology that's teaching a whole generation of Americans that America is an evil, racist hellscape that must constantly apologize for its past sins and be scared of its own shadow. That's unacceptable. And the Chinese Communist Party officials are co-opting that narrative of the far left so that they can lecture our officials when they sit across from them in Alaska and say, you can't criticize us about Tiananmen or Xinjiang because America's evil. You're just as bad as us. That's unacceptable. This is the greatest country in the history of the world. And until we recognize that fact and understand it, we're going to be playing catch up in this new Cold War for a long time. Thank you. All. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Welcome back to the Rob Maynard Show. It's more War Monday. And uh, that's uh, Congressman Mike Gallagher, a Marine, who's also the chairman of the Select Committee on the Communist Chinese Party, or Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. Uh, and uh, they've been investigating the CCP uh, from the perspective of trying to come up with an adequate strategy to contain the Communist Party of China and its bid to become the world's hegemon and supplant the United States uh, from that role previously. Now, uh, we're talking with retired commander uh, Randy Arrington today, uh, also a doctor of philosophy and political science. Uh, and uh, he said it right there, uh, Doc, uh, uh, Congressman Gallagher did. He said, they need to stop talking about how they're gonna invade Taiwan or trying to invade Taiwan. Uh, and that's one of the things that I've been talking about a lot. I happen to be one of the people that, that thinks that they're going to go sooner rather than later as they look at how this presidential race in 2024 is developing, because they wouldn't ever want to try it under a Trump administration. So if they don't do it now or within the next six months, it's going to be a long time because Trump's probably going to win. 
at least based on what we're seeing so far. So, it, it, you know, they're a, a effect of a military uh, reunification of Taiwan <laughs> with the rest of China would have to be put off for some time. Uh, now, let me show you a picture after hearing that of the new chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the headline that came out this morning. Go ahead and bring up pick one. Now, this is uh, General C.Q. Brown, the new chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the United States Air Force. Headline is, Top U.S. Military Official Doubts China Wants to Invade Taiwan. Well, that's where we're at there, Dr. Arrington. Our country, as uh, Gallagher pointed out, there doesn't seem to be a consensus in this country like we had under the previous Cold War on how to approach this adversary called the Chinese Communist Party and the country it leads. You know, when I look at that situation in China, Communist China, I think that what's happening there is the Chinese Communist Party, the People's Republic of China, are sort of embarrassed that Taiwan broke away and is operating uh, under their wing, if you will, as a capitalist nation, and they're very profitable. And I think they want to invade that country, Taiwan, and bring them back under the communist banner because it will save them some uh, world embarrassment. Now, here's my question to you and the people that are listening in the audience. If and when they invade, which I think they will, I think it's later than you think, if and when they invade, what do you think our response is going to be, Colonel? What do you think the United States' response is going to be? Uh, yes, sir. Charge. Uh, if uh, Joe Biden or somebody of his ilk's in charge, uh, uh, the United States' response is more than likely going to be, so sorry, Taiwan. Uh, we moved our chip-making manufacturing capability back to the United States. You really aren't our vital national interest now. You need to go be peacefully under the People's Republic of China. If Donald Trump uh, is in office uh, and— uh, Taiwan is a declared vital national interest of the United States still, and if it still is, then he's going to have put his uh, military in a position to where it could adequately respond and try to prevent that from happening in the first place by deterring them uh, with strength uh, and political will, strengthen both military power and political will, uh, and it probably won't happen, uh, at least not under his watch anyway. That's right. I think we are sort of engaged in a quiet war of uh, against Marxist rot that has invaded all of our institutions. But I go further than that. I say America is currently engaged in a revolutionary war against Marxists, but the vast majority of the people in the United States don't realize it. One day, we will be fighting in real hot wars, likely at the same time, against radical Islam, the PRC, and maybe Russia, too. I think Putin probably won't do that. He's smarter than that. He won't get involved in that. But we need leaders like, you mentioned Trump. Uh, I go back in history, people like General Sherman, General Grant, uh, President Lincoln. They knew how to fight against an existential threat. And that's what Grant did at Vicksburg, and that's what Sherman did on his, uh, what he called the March to the Sea that went up to the Carolinas. We need uh, courageous American leaders that are willing to do that. And guess what, people? Civilians will die. That's part of warfare. I know you don't like to hear that, we try to not do that. You know, when I went and went to Strike University and, and learned how to be a strike leader engaged in, in warfare against a country, a nuclear warfare against a country, I had to show the instructor pilots how I would avoid casualties of civilians at all costs, but still defeat the enemy. So civilians are going to die, Colonel. Well, you're, you're right. Unfortunately, that's why we beg you people, you non-military people that might find yourselves in positions of power, don't go to war. Choose peace. 
choose to settle your differences through diplomacy, statesmanship, uh, economic uh, agreements, but don't go to war. Because if you go to war on me, I'm a veteran. Go back and look at my post over the weekend. I'm going to tell you right now, if you go to war on me, I'm going to fight you like a tiger until the flesh is removed from your bones. And exactly. I don't care about you if you go choose to go to war on me. That's the position the Hamas Nazis and their supporters like Iran are in right now when it comes to this, this country of Israel that they chose to go to this type of war over uh, with, uh, for no good reason. There was no occupation in Gaza, not for almost 20 years. Hamas was elected to govern Gaza. They were in charge. All of the atrocities, all of the inhumane treatment, all of the deaths of babies in Gaza, all of the deaths of, of uh, uh, or, or damage to hospitals and those kind of things in Gaza right now is the responsibility of Hamas. They were the government. They were elected. And that's the way it is. So don't go to war because when the flesh is taken from your bones like a tiger eats, a, eats its prey, there will be nothing left for you uh, to, uh, to uh, have victory parades over or anything like that. And even the people that are the victors spend decades uh, questioning themselves and those kind of things. Just look at America and what it had to do to end the war with Japan and take a look at what's being talked about even to this day. Exactly. As to whether we made the right decision or not, it's a terrible thing, this war thing. It's a terrible thing. Please don't do it. Don't choose it. Because if you choose it and there are people like me and Dr. Arrington that are going to be part of the forces that respond, think about the tiger, because we're going to be your tigers. That goes for you Americans that are the 30% of Americans that are Marxists that are part of the fifth column right now that think you're going to side and do side with Hamas. If you choose to go to war on us, you will pay a heavy, heavy price that you didn't expect. Don't do it. Let's go to our audience over in spaces over there and see what we got. Kat? Hey, I'm going to um, exercise my privilege as the host and ask a question of both of you. Um, on the China-Taiwan uh, question, If am I right in thinking that if we don't actually have a carrier group in that area, if they actually do go into Taiwan, could it potentially be over before we could even have a, a, a strategic response? I'm just curious if we need to be in the area to actually be effective immediately. I don't know how else to put that. No, we don't necessarily need to be in the area to be uh, effective, but to have an adequate deterrent, you have to have an array of forces combined with political will and good leadership uh, both uh, militarily and uh, from a, a foreign policy perspective. Uh, and uh, that combined could deter them. So we don't necessarily have to be physically there, but we need to have two carrier battle groups in the Pacific operating at any given time these days, in my opinion. Now, I'm an Air Force guy. I did go to the Navy War College, so I got that going for me. But we have a real Navy officer here. Uh, that we'll ask that question to. Go ahead, Doc. Well, Kat, we already have two carrier battle groups right there on scene, the Reagan and the Eisenhower. I, I made some traps on the Eisenhower when I finished my career. They're already there. And we also have really good intelligence people that are on the ground on the, in these countries that are feeding us good intelligence. And we've had some intelligence failures. I'll, I'll grant you that. You know, 911 was a huge intelligence failure. 
Uh, I think Israel, when they got attacked on October 7th, was a huge intelligence failure. But we already have the battle groups there, and we have the capacity uh, with our Air Force bombers and our Navy to get places very quickly. And the answer is no, it would not be over with that quick. We could we'll come in there if the president chooses to do that. We're not sure that he'll do that. We, again, the colonel said, which president are we going to have make that decision? Will it be a will it be a Lincoln and a Trump, or will it be a Carter and and uh, the guy that's in the White House right now, Biden? So it depends on who is pulling the strings, whether or not we will do what is necessary to defeat our enemy. And we have to do what is necessary to defeat our enemy. And it's brutal. It's callous. And uh, people don't understand that, that don't understand military and their response. It is going to be brutal, and that's the way it has to be. That's right. Well, Doc, I got to correct you. The Eisenhower's at the south end of the Red Sea right now, so, uh, just side of the Straits of Hormuz. But there are two carrier battle groups, so I'll have to figure out which, you know, what you know, which one it is. I'm not sure. Reagan's there, I, I know. I don't know, but we got to take our last break. When we come back, we'll, uh, we'll go to the European front. The Eastern European Front. And you notice I've call it, started calling them fronts, Eastern European, yeah. Middle Eastern, and Pacific, because <clears throat> we're at risk for a global world war at no time like since World War II have we been at this high of a risk of that. I'm Rob Manus here at the Red Voice Media Network. We'll be right back. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. First of all, sir, if I could, I'd, I'd like to um, underline your comment about the specificity of the degradation of the Russian forces. Um, much of the Russian military has not been affected um, negatively by this conflict. Um, one of those forces is their undersea forces. Um, it's hard to talk in public, as you well know, sir, about, about undersea warfare and our efforts in that regard. But I can say that the Russians are more active than we've seen them in years, and their patrols into the Atlantic um, and, and throughout the Atlantic are, are, um, are, are at a high level. Uh, most of the time, at a higher level than we've seen in years. And this is, as you pointed out, despite all of the efforts that they're undertaking inside Ukraine. Okay. Did you catch it? I did. Now, I heard that I had to rewind it several times because he was 
contradicting uh, uh, Representative Courtney there. And well, because Courtney, the Courtney assumed, well, we've been knocking the Russians back on their hind ends. And I know, but uh, the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN and Fox and, and the New York, I mean, the London Times and Telegraph in London and the Daily Mail and the BBC and all uh, oh, the Western media, Doc, they've been telling us every day for a year the Russians are losing they're bleeding their their troops are deserting um, Ukraine is winning yeah, the, the Russian army is going to collapse there's mutiny it's all a lie isn't it yes and you heard that from the it's all com lie. commander of the region I mean it's a lie it's propaganda it's all propaganda the Russians are winning yes and the only reason the Ukrainians are still there is that the Western nations have spent hundreds of billions of dollars collectively to prop up a corrupt government run by Zelensky, who is stealing unknown amounts of money, he and his generals. And if we didn't prop them up, they would, they would, be, they would have been wiped out a year ago. Welcome back to the Rob Maynard Show. We've made our way uh, through two fronts, the Pacific and the Middle East, and now we're at the Eastern European front uh, here on More War Mondays. And our guest is uh, Dr. Randy Arrington, a retired U.S. Navy commander and attack pilot. Uh, and the first voice you heard in that video, folks, for those that are with us by audio, was uh, Army Four-Star General Kaboli uh, from April 26th of 2023 testifying under oath that the Russian forces have not been degraded like we had hoped that said that we were going to do by entering this war on the side of Ukraine to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars and uh, emptying out our ammunition dumps uh, at, the, at the price of our own forces readiness, which are supposed to be deterring the real enemy, which is the Communist Chinese Party in the Pacific. Okay, and then the two voices you heard next were uh, a couple of uh, uh, pundits from True News talking about how, hey, this guy just said the truth, and it's April 2023. Well, now, fast forward to today, the Nord Stream 2 story is out there again, at confirming that a Ukrainian special ops colonel was uh, leading that team, but also at the same time, continuing to see U.S. leadership saying, yeah, we should, this shouldn't have really happened and that kind of stuff. I still say that we did that operation because the divers can only come from one of two places, the Netherlands or the United States of America with that type of equipment and the explosives training to blow that Nord Stream up. So here we are. The Ukrainian Armed Forces Commander-in-Chief General said last week, we're at a stalemate. The Nord Stream story's out again. Now, Germany sees that the United States and the UK uh, conspired with the Ukrainians to blow up their infrastructure, their energy infrastructure, which that's what Nord Stream 2 was, uh, which splits the NATO alliance while the Ukrainians are dead in the water when it comes to pushing the Russians out of their country, which is what the stated goal of the United States said it was, to degrade Russia's military capability and push them outside of the existing borders of Ukraine. Doc, why are we still having this conversation? I don't know. The United States of America is the ones that sabotaged that step Nord Stream pipeline. And uh, it's just the truth. 
A lot of people don't want to hear this. You know what? There's nobody more hated than a, an individual who speaks the truth like you and me and, and Kath the Hammer. Nobody hates them more because they do speak the truth. Now, during the last uh, commercial break, I wrote this down. We're talking about uh, the United States going to war. The American military colonels should only go into combat to defeat an enemy that poses an existential threat to the longevity of our nation as a free society. I want the audience to understand this. Beware of politicians trying to convince we the people of a national interest on foreign soil that is worthy of shedding American blood and treasure. Guess what? They have ulterior motives. Oh, they absolutely do. And, uh, you know, the citizens of the United States that come and listen to this show, we talk about it all the time. As a matter of fact, let's go back to our live audience before the end of the show so Kat can uh, let a speaker have the microphone and come on up. <laughs> Grizzly, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, we're in an informational warfare. Up, down, down's up. You know, Donald Trump's a liar. You know, we can just start when he got inauguration when all that stuff yeah. he's he's the enemy you know i just it makes me so upset this stuff is so easy the truth the truth propaganda is everywhere and it's from the right and the left covid i see the doj's looking for attorneys to stand them up for the the covid deal all the lies it's going to take people to get hurt you know because the left is all about the vaccines they were so how do we you know how do we get people to look at to look at the truth. I mean, that's from wars to everything, because everything I've researched and looked at, we've been sold a bill of goods for a very long time, and a lot of people have been hurt. We've lost a lot of kids, and kids are pawns, and uh, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me, and, that, and that's what it is. We have so much propaganda, and propaganda ain't truth, folks. It's just what they want to, you to know. So I just want to know, how do we get to the truth and get people to see it? Because it's just, I think it's going to take something like the COVID vaccine deal to bring people together or when they everybody's like, God dang, we have all these kids missing. I just the yeah. truth is what we all need. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Grizz, uh, very good point, And you're spot on. But unfortunately, information, the information domain is just one of the tools of national and international power that governments and even non-government entities like Al Qaeda uh, try to use. You know, there's diplomatic, informational, military, economic are the main ones now. And this information war we're in is just one line of operation of a war uh, in this country against the institutions of the United States that make us the country that we are. Uh, and they're slowly peeling the vestiges of what's left of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States away. And you see that with uh, what our kids believe. You know, the people that are out in the streets in the hundreds of thousands uh, today demonstrating on behalf of the Hamas Nazis, let me slow down and say that very clearly, are our kids that have been indoctrinated and propagandized since they were in preschool about this issue of Israel, its existence, uh, and the Arab nations, and what they've tried to do about it, even though it was all approved by the United Nations, as worthless as that body is, uh, and the attacks have come from the Arabs onto the Israelis after their nation was, uh, was created over and over and over again, uh, we still have hundreds of thousands of Americans that believe that the evil side is Israel and the good side is the people that bake babies in ovens and cut their heads off and rape their mommies and 
uh, and stuff right in front of them. Uh, and rape Holocaust, 90-year-old Holocaust survivors, for God's sake. Uh, I mean, it's disgusting. It turns my stomach that these people chose to go to war uh, over this, and now they're whining about the, the response. It just really turns my stomach. So informational, it's important. Remember, the first casualty in war is the truth. Always. It's even the name of a book. You can go read about it from World War I. I've mentioned it on this show before. Uh, but that's not the only stream and line of operation that's going on. And, and I haven't even talked about the cyber line, domain line of operation. And all of these are in effect in one way or another across these fronts, with the exception of there's no kinetic stuff going on in the Pacific front as yet from a United States perspective and an allied perspective. But it's coming if we don't start paying attention and do the right thing so we can deter it. Because deterrence has failed in the Middle East and it's failed in Europe already because we haven't made the right decisions and made the right calls. And I don't know what it's gonna take to get our people to awake the way the Spaniards uh, that uh, are booting the globalist Marxists out of their country and demanding that they leave and their policies leave with them right now. But it's coming and I'm gonna do everything I can to get them out in the streets and get them up to D.C. and fill those streets and with megaphones calling to address our grievances. And our grievance is this. You either put America first or you resign from your office and let somebody in it that will, that will do it. Did you see Tucker Carlson's over in Spain right now with him? I saw that just before I came on the show. Yeah. Doc, go ahead. You know, there's a psychological principle called the Pareto Principle, and it's about group dynamics. So when I look at the United States of America, I look at us as just a big group. And the principle is this, 80% of the people in any group are incompetent, 20% are highly competent, and that's the 20% of the true American patriots who will stand up and fight aggressively like the tiger that the colonel mentioned uh, to keep this country free and to help and assist other countries who want to be free from Marxism and from radical Islam, that sort of stuff. I, I teach my students that radical Islam and Marxism are eerily similar. They both believe in totalitarianism and that they will eventually rule the entire world. So you gotta realize what you're dealing with here. And again, we've got a lot of weak-minded individuals in the country, no offense intended, and we have a lot of people who have other things on their mind, taking care of themselves. They don't even, they turn a blind eye to this. So 80% in the United States of America are incompetent to handle what's, what's gonna happen sooner or later. I think it's gonna be later, Colonel thinks it's gonna happen sooner. But 20% of us are highly competent and we will stand up and fight back, Colonel, and defend this nation. Yes, we will. Thanks for coming on today, Doc. We've got to run, uh, but we appreciate you tomorrow. It's uh, Training Tuesday. Uh, Hudson Institute fellow, Michael Pregent, expert, the nation's expert on Iran, will be with us to train us on Iran, and we're going to go in-depth on that. Oh, and I'll see you then. And Tucker is still laughing. <laughs> Thank you.